Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. This is the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Craig Smith, brought to you by Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom, home of the Aggies Coaches Show. Smith's fresh for everyone. Locker 42, your source for Aggie apparel. And by Guild Mortgage. Own what matters. Live from Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom, here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. Hey, welcome on in. It's another edition of the Aggie Coaches Show as we talk a little football with the new head coach of the Utah State Aggies. Normally, we talk a little bit about the game before and looking ahead and all that other nonsense, but we're just going to get right into it. Well, undefeated right now. Undefeated. So good. Undefeated good. head coach of the Aggies, Blake I like Anderson. the way that sounds. <laughs> See how long that one lasts, huh? Hey, uh, so what have these bad last four days been like for you? Uh, whirlwind? Whirlwind, yeah. Just trying to, trying to get your feet on the ground. A lot going on. Um, dealing with Trying to get with the players some before they get out of here for finals. A lot of them starting to head out yeah. here pretty quick. Uh, obviously, media and, and the press conference today. And, and I think to some degree, sorting through staff. Uh, and it, it, the first, I don't even know, I don't know how many months. It's just a, it's just a blur. Yeah. You look back a year from now and you think, what, what did we get accomplished? Did we get anything accomplished? So, but it's been good. Do you rely on what you went through seven years ago when you took the Arkansas Arkansas State job and try to remember? Okay, I handled it this way. Maybe I'll do it a little differently this way. Yeah, absolutely. It's not quite as as uh, crazy right now for me. Yeah. It's coming in a little bit slower. It's no different than that you do stuff. Uh, but um, I think the one thing to learn is 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 to, to slow down it a little bit if you can. Uh, we got signing day coming up. Uh, on Wednesday, yeah. don't panic. You know, don't panic. We're not gonna, we're not gonna win the first signing day. We're okay with that. We, it's, we need to win the second one. We need the third and win the third one. But uh, just slow down a little bit and be kind of deliberate about handling the things that have to be done. And the players are a big part of that right now. I got to make sure that those guys, before they leave, they kind of know what direction we're headed and can make some good decisions. Hopefully, those. Hopefully all of them are coming back, and that's kind of what we're anticipating. I want to reset things a little bit, and I know I'm going to ask you some questions that you've already been asked earlier today, but why Logan? Why Utah State? What jumped out at, well, at you when, at this, well, for this school? I, I asked you a question. Why not? I mean, why not? There's just um, – you know, I look back to the history here. Obviously, you and I know, you, you know that uh, – <laughs> why not? <laughs> you know, Matt Wells, great, great friend of mine, uh, great friend of mine. He loved it here. Uh, his wife, Jen, and just listening to them talk about their time here, the way the community accepted them, accepted them and kind of just uh, loved on them a little bit. He was successful. You could see what kind of what we do works in terms of the league. I spent four years at New Mexico. I know the league fairly well. Uh, and, and so – the next step of that was who I was going to work for. Both Neil Brown and, and, and Matt Wells absolutely love working for John. Um, I love coming up here and going snowboarding and, and, and skiing at Park City. We've been my family several times. Just a lot of things that I love about the place. It's like, man, why wouldn't I not want to be there? Yeah. Uh, and, and so for me, it just it was a perfect time to do it in a perfect place. Um, and so now, you know, I told them today, now they're stuck with me. <laughs> what's uh, what's the – I mean, you've gone through the interview process, but what's it like doing that through COVID? And uh, I know there was still some face-to-face, but was it a little bit more stranger this year than maybe in other years past? You know, the, the interview process wasn't really that much different, to be truthful. We, we obviously kept our, we kept our distance in a room, but you're not normally sitting right next to a guy you're interviewing with anyway. Uh, 
maybe maybe less people involved in the process from yeah. John's side of things. It was really it was really just me, him, and then Glenn Sugiyama, who's uh, part of the search firm, who actually was part of the search firm or led the search firm when I got hired at Arkansas State. Oh, so okay. actually was familiar with him and, and know him really well. Maybe there would have been more people in the room otherwise, but beyond that, we, we got we got together, had a good solid, I don't know, probably three, three and a half hour kind of conversation, and that was the first step, but it, I thought it was a key first step in it too. Probably wouldn't have looked any different. We obviously didn't do it on Zoom, which was good. Yeah. So I, I'm glad we weren't interviewing on Zoom. I don't think that would have been very effective for anybody. Uh, yeah, that's not fun, and we're ready to get past that, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, I wanted to go over, and, and I was joking with you off the air. My wife's tired of watching Arkansas State games because I went back and I watched a lot of games and watched a lot of interviews. And I'm going to reference some of the things I saw, but one of the things that really, really stood out to me, you gave an interview back in 2013 when you were at North Carolina, and you used the phrase, play calling can be overrated. It's more about execution. It's more about talent. Talk me through that a little bit because I thought that was a really fascinating phrase. Well, to some degree, you call the plays during the week in the meeting room. I mean, you're going to get in there with your staff. You're going to you know, detail the film and dissect it, and, and analytics are going to tell you a lot about your opponent, uh, and, and you're going to build a game plan. You're going to build a game plan based off things that, in your system that you feel like are going to be effective. And, and honestly, on game day, now there, there is an art to calling plays, and there are people that are really, really good at the key play at the right time, the shot play at the right time, when to run the ball. But, but really with, within the, the framework of what we're doing, it's about creating answers, reasonable answers for our quarterback, things that we think can, uh, can be good against a lot of different looks. Yeah. And the repetition of us being really, really good at it so that no matter how you defend it, we can still execute. And it comes down to truly the execution of it. Uh, and that comes through, again, repetition and practice. So uh, I, I, I believe that there's a guy that does come up with that right call at the right time, and that comes from experience. But if we've done our job throughout the course of the week, I mean, anybody, anybody should be able to get us in good position during play calling during, during a particular game, I think. I uh, watched a lot of games uh, from last season. You run a lot of RPO. Do you put want to give your quarterback a lot of autonomy to be able to make those calls at the line and be able to make those decisions? Yeah, we give him a lot of freedom. We do. So it takes a guy that, that understands what we're thinking. I want him to think like I do. I want him to think like the coordinator does. Uh, we want to give him, again, reasonable answers, not just one option, several options every snap so that uh, depending on how the defense plays, the ball could be pushed in several different positions during a game. We talk about balance. We don't mind the ball being spread out to everybody. And as you'll see, we'll spread the field from sideline to sideline. And that's part of the art in it is that putting the defense in, in a um, pressure situation where they have to make some choices. They have to choose do they want to spread out and cover you or do they want to come to the box and defend you. And that lets the quarterback really kind of – it's the old Bull Durham. Throw yep. it where they ain't. I mean – you know, if, they, if they're not there, that's where the ball's going. They're not in the box, we're running. If they're not over the top, it's going over the top. If they're, if they're not out on the edge, we're putting it on the perimeter. It, it's kind of that thought process. Just be willing to take what they give you. Smart quarterback's going to be the guy that gets you in the right spots. When you were obviously dealing with a, a whole lot of, uh, uh, of things in your life a couple of years ago, you gave up play calling duties in 2019. Do you anticipate taking that back, or is that still kind of up in the air? Uh, you know, I, I don't anticipate taking it back. I anticipate being able to help my play caller, which okay. is what I've done the last two years. I, I did. I, I call plays for a long time. I love it. Absolutely love calling ball plays on Saturday. I feel like what I'm doing now, if, if I take over play calling duties, duties I'm not going to be as involved with the defense and special teams. I want to know everybody on our team. I want to be involved in that area. I think I can help my coordinator 
trick play, shot play, run the ball here on third down, uh, run the clock. I think I can help him manage the game, but I don't feel like the need to call the plays. And if I do, I do think it, there's a you're going to take some time away from somewhere else. And I think especially here now, day one, yeah. I'm going to be involved in every aspect, know all those guys on defense and special teams. I think that's more important right now. What do you consider your management style? I mean, it sounds like I don't it, I don't anticipate you're a micromanager, but do you? No, it, I, I don't. I, I like to tell guys what I expect of them and let them go do the job. Yeah. You know, and I, but I, now I'm going to coach coaches. I think it's my job. If I see something that, that I can help with, then, then I'm going to step in. But I would say um, I, I would not say micromanager. Say, give them an organized plan on the front end, and then let them put their their personality into it. Uh, I'm not going to tell my offensive coordinator this is what you're running. I'm I'm going to be a part of the process of building it, and I'm going to help him where I can. But I'm going to let those guys' personalities show. A lot of times, you'll find somebody man has a unique gift for something yeah. that maybe I don't. So I try to be open minded about that. It was funny because when I was I was sending some text messages back and forth with Matt Wells, and and I asked, you know, what what are your thoughts? He goes. Completely 100% organized, detail-oriented guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little OCD, so <laughs> my guys will tell you, you know, it, line's got to line up and cross your T's and dot your I's and all that. But but I also learned as a coordinator, I did not want a head coach hovering over the top of me. Yeah. And Larry Fedora gave me tons of freedom. He never told me what to do. He said, just believe in what you do and let it be sound. Now, he would give me some ideas along the way, but even then he said, if you choose not to run it, you, you don't run it. Just you're responsible for scoring ports on Saturday. Luckily, we scored a lot of those. I try to treat my guys the same way. I try to help them through the week, use my experience to help them. And, and that may be a play. That may be a, a time of the game that I encourage them to do something, but, uh, but it's not to stifle them and, and hover over the top. I want them to have freedom to really let their personality show. I took a took a look at three games last year: Georgia State, Kansas State, and App State. And uh, I added up three reverse passes, two running back passes, two fake punts, and two onside kicks. Well, yeah, we play to win. <laughs> I love it. We play to win. I feel like my job as a head coach yeah. is to try to steal 14 points from my team. Interesting. And so I'm always looking for trick plays that I can give to my coordinator. I'm always looking for some shot play scores. So, so you know, that K-State game, that was one of those games that both trick plays I had, both of them hit. We got points off of both drives. The onside kicks were strategic, you know, based on, you know, App State. We knew they were really good. Kansas State, they had one of the best returners in the country back there. We didn't want to kick it to him, and we actually uh, have recovered uh, one of those two. Uh, one in the App State game, we didn't. But – you know, calculated, aggressive approach to the game. I don't want to be careless. Yeah. Calculated, aggressive approach to the game. And don't be afraid to go try to win the game. Don't play not to lose. Go play to win. And so, you know, that's fourth down. Uh, that's special teams plays that maybe can create an explosive trick plays. Always keep defenses on their toes. A lot of people in the fan stands like to see those. They only like them when they work, though. Yeah. <laughs> they only like the trick plays when they work. When they don't, I'm going to get a lot of bad text messages. Do you ever do anything early in the season to kind of mess with teams because they know they got to prepare for it and take time I, out of their week to get ready for it? I, I don't. I don't mind, you know, being being a little creative early. So yeah. people down the stretch, like, man, you remember they did that in week two? We don't want that to happen to us, kind of deal. Love it. We'll uh, continue on segment number two. Remember, Craig Smith, basketball coach, will join us coming up at about six thirty-five as we continue on here at Old Chicago with a uh, new head coach of the Utah State football team, Blake Anderson, on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. We're Live here at Old Chicago is Utah State Coaches Show. Blake Anderson, new head coach at Utah State. 
Uh, again, uh, floating around and, and reading some things about uh, your career, though, I, I got to ask, not necessarily for me personally, but for your staff, uh, is the uh, snack cabinet coming in to, uh, <laughs> to Logan? You know, it's funny you say that because that's one of the first things that Ethan and some of the guys, Coach, you going to have that snack closet? Absolutely going to have that snack closet. And, and so – it's kind of it's kind of unique. I don't know, just something goofy that I do. I got to figure out where I'm going to shop for it though. Yeah. So every probably every other Monday morning, I would roll into uh, Walmart. I don't know, early about six six thirty in the morning, and I would shop for the snack closet myself. Yeah. I would take it to the to the building. I'd, I'd honk and tell the young guys I need some help, and I would fill up the cabinet. And there's nothing in there healthy at all. It's, no, I saw it's, the video on it. It's, it's oatmeal cream yeah. pies. It's honey buns. All works. It's just um, number one. I don't. Our GAs don't make enough money, so I give them a raise, one honey bun at a time. <laughs> and and then when the players come through, yeah, you know they'll come in and grab one. Well, they got to walk right by my desk to do it. And when they do, I'm gonna set them down. Say, hey man, how are things going? It's just a great opportunity for me to get to know those guys. My wife and I, when we talked about it, it's, we spend our it's out of our pocket. It was just kind of something we could give back to the guys that work really really hard that don't get enough uh, don't get enough pats on the back and. Another way for me to get to know the kids. Well, yeah, I love the fact they got to you can do the walk of shame to you go got, in there well, and, and get it. You do, but here's the other thing, too. It's always curious. So they'll grab something like a granola bar. Yeah. But, but as they walk out, if you check, they probably got two honey buns in their back pocket. So you have to check, make sure where they're stashing it all. There was a uh, – in the video I was watching, there's a coach, I think he's a Duke now, yeah. with a great – Trooper Taylor, yeah. <laughs> detail on how to eat a honey he bun. He taught everybody how to eat a honey bun. Uh, <laughs> he was the honey bun man. He, he, he would go through them in a heartbeat. Trooper and I played together in college at Baylor been friends ever since and he could not pass up a honey bun no matter how no matter how much he'd eaten that day honey buns there it's going down Uh, we uh we talked about it earlier today on the q a but i thought it was really fascinating look at some of the stats last year you throw for over four thousand yards and you think okay this is a really pass heavy offense you go back and look there's some years you're rushing for three four thousand yards it just i guess it just depends on the uh, the athletes and the talent on your team it's what i love about our system is that it's so versatile you know if if you're in a system that is you, – you can only move it if the quarterback can throw or you're in a system where you can only run, we've had versatility every year. And if you look through my track record all the way back to Middle Tennessee, you know, we've been able to adapt it to fit the personnel that we have. Now, we'd love to be balanced and do both. And when it works and you've got all the different weapons, you can you can run it and throw it equally well. But it, when you get bad weather, when you maybe have an injury uh, or you, you just have a quarterback maybe that hasn't quite developed yet, you have to have the versatility, and that's the thing I really like about our system, and we, we stick to it and, and believe in it, and it's been really, really successful for, for quite a while. You, uh, you mentioned coaching in New Mexico. Uh, you spent a few years there. Uh, you have familiarity with, with the league and Air Force and their funky style and what they do and, and other teams across the conference. How much does that help you in your transition here? Uh, you know, teams change a good bit. I mean, obviously, Air Force has, has been triple for a long time. Their, yeah. their offense coordinator is one of my closest friends, Mike Thiessen. So I, uh, I, I've watched a good bit of tape. They do put their own twist on it. It's You know, you, you see different versions of triple, and I think they do a, a great job. You know, I haven't been in this league for quite a while. I think I've had a good understanding of the footprint. Uh, I think I've got a good understanding of what the ball looks like. But when you go into each year – these teams are recruiting so well. The transfer portal is hot. Yeah. You got some – you got some – you get a, a great – like BYU had the quarterback this year. Uh, you know, got San Jose State right now this year playing really, really well. Harson's always got them at Boise. You don't know exactly where their strength is going to be. Uh, but I, I do know this, and it's one of the reasons I want to be – we can absolutely compete at a high level here. You've seen it done. You know the key pieces that you're going to have to have. 
I think the systems that we're going to run are going to attract those key pieces. Yeah. The key feature quarterback, the wide out that can run, the big running back that knows he's going to get it. I mean, I think it's just a matter of time we start putting those pieces in. And we may have some of those pieces already. It just hadn't, hadn't been out there on the field with them yet. Well, you look at, you know, Jordan Love, first-round pick. The You know, you put linebackers. You know, you got Bobby Wagner who's going to be a Hall of Famer. And you go into a kid's home and say, you want to play in the NFL at a high level? You can come here and we can get you there. Yeah, no doubt. You can look at past history of guys that have come here and been successful. You can also look at my my history as an offense coordinator, uh, the coaches I'm bringing in on, on the both sides of the ball, and point to look look at the success they had in the system. Yeah. So I think we're hitting it from both areas. And then you look at, I mean, this is a place you get to come live. This is a place yeah. you get to come play and the community you're going to be a part of. Uh, talk a little bit about recruiting and, and what that process is like, especially you got early signing day. And I know you mentioned, hey, you know, be patient with us. You got the other day coming up in February, but but what do you anticipate these next few months like, or ne- not few months, but the next uh, few weeks like for you? Well, we obviously have some spots to fill now. How many we have, and how many seniors are coming back? You know, the NCAA gave these guys another year to yeah. play. Still sorting through that. Are all of them going to come back? That will affect how many guys we can take and how many guys we can't. Um, we have the ability to recruit some guys in the summer as well. There's some spots that can be used in August, so we may kind of sit and wait and see how some of these Power 5 transfers look coming out of spring ball. A lot of it would help us to see what kind of team we got. Yeah. We go through the spring. So we're going to sign guys right now that we absolutely are certain fit our culture and what we need. And if we're not absolutely certain, we're going to, we're going to wait and look for needs later on in the process. Um, and, and I think that's something I learned my first year. We panicked on the first class. We took guys that didn't fit us, that we didn't know enough about, and they just – it didn't – over the course of time, it just was a bad marriage. So I'm, I'm going to be a, a lot slower in that this first time and, and really prepare for the future of how we're going to recruit. What do you look for in a recruit? What jumps out at you? Well, the first thing to me is just is just the the attitude of that guy. I mean, is, is, he, a, is he a heart? Does he love ball? Yeah. Is, is he a winner? Does he have that, that personality? You know he's going to fit because we're going to work extremely hard. And they all need to know, just me personally, they need to know, man, I'm a, I'm a Christian first before anything else, that this is going to be a, a place where we do things right. I'm going I'm to share my faith with them every day when, I, when I'm at work and, and just be that person. And some guys aren't comfortable in that. Some guys are. They can't be afraid of work. They're yeah. going to come play because we're going to run. You've seen the offense. We're going to run and run and run. So little things like that. The, exercise, uh, the, uh, the height and weight and the speed and all that, we're all looking for that. I'm looking for that thing that you can't see on paper, that thing you can't see on film. I think the older I've gotten, the more I've done it. I think that's the thing. When you find the guy that has that it factor, that, that dynamic to him that people gravitate towards, you put enough of those guys in a locker room and you find something really, really special. Is that tough to identify in a high school kid, especially a toughness when chances are they're the best player on the team or one of the best players, so it comes kind of easy to them? Is that hard to identify? It is. You have to work at that. The, yeah. Watching the film is a lot easier. I mean, yeah. timing a guy on a 40, watching a guy on film, make a play, make a catch, make a tackle, that's really the easy part of the evaluation. The hard part is truly getting to know, does he truly love ball? Is he going to be disciplined and accountable? When it gets tough, how is he going to respond? Uh, is he going to be comfortable in our culture, how we're going to ask the, the level of accountability? Yeah. Is he going to be able to handle that? Those are the things that are really hard. And a lot of times you find the answer that you don't like. Great athlete, looks great on film, but he, you know he's not going to fit in your culture. Walking away from that guy and letting him go play for somebody else is really, really hard. That takes a lot of discipline 
to know he just he's not going to fit us. You like multi-sport guys? I do. I love guys that have run track, played basketball. Uh, some of the wideouts we've had just recently there at Arkansas State. You mentioned Jay Adams, uh, Omar Bayless that's now with the uh, Carolina Panthers. Those are guys that Honestly, their tape in high school was good, but it, was, it didn't just jump off. But when you watch them practice basketball, play basketball, you're like, that guy's – and you see those same skills translate over to football. Yeah. You watch that Kansas State game, Jay Adams playing above the rim. He's basically dunking every ball that we throw to him, and that, that made him almost uncoverable. When you uh, look at your coaching staff, um, obviously you announced a few guys today, including Chucky Keaton. Let's start with Chucky. Um, obviously, you know, Chucky's royalty here. Everybody loves him. But what was it about him in particular that you said, you know what, that's a guy I need to have on my staff? Personality, uh, the way he played the game. I had a chance to meet him earlier in his career uh, when he was with Matt. And just, I mean, just something about he had that it factor. People gravitate to, yeah. to him. He was a great leader. And then luckily I've had a chance to kind of watch how he's done his first few years as a coach. And he's just knocking it out of the park. He was so excited to get to come home. Obviously, we're giving him an opportunity to get on the field in a full-time capacity where Matt, he was he was in a, on a graduate assistant kind of quality control role. So it, it's, a, it's a great move for him. But just coming back home, he loves this place. Yeah. When you talk to him on the phone, you, you sit down and meet with him and talk to him, huge smile on his face thinking about coming back home. So I uh, – I'm smart enough to see what, what this place meant to him and what he meant to it. And that's, that's going to – I think that's going to go a long way in the recruiting process for us over the next few years. Is that part of the fun of being a head coach is not just developing players but developing coaches? Yeah. I've got guys that have been on my staff that are coordinators around the country at the Power 5 level, guys that have been on my staff that are now head coaches at the, you know, at, at, at the Division One level. I mean, that's like your kids. Yeah. You, you uh, guys that I brought with me now that were GAs that now are full-time, I love watching those guys grow, helping them develop, trying to, like I said, coach coaches. Somebody did that for me. I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for people that poured into my career, poured into my life. And, and, and that's I wouldn't be a coach if it weren't for those guys as a player. I try to do that as much as I can. It's a lot of fun to see them go off and have success. Uh, what's your what's the schedule like? Uh, find a home, get everybody settled in, all that I, stuff? I don't need a home. I just need a bed to sleep in right now. We go. got work to do. It's uh, a nice couch in that office. I've seen that. <laughs> I hadn't hit it yet, but it's probably coming. <laughs> you know, really right now, get through Wednesday and make sure that we – who we do sign, we actually know fit. Yeah. Uh, obviously, some logistics of some guys that may or may not sign right now that we may sign later, that's that's always kind of a little bit of juggling act. Because of the numbers, it's a little unique this particular year. Finish off my staff over the course of – I'd like to have everybody on the ground running when we start school in January. I think that's very doable. Uh, get my strength staff here yeah. because day one, those guys. So that's really – I'd like to go see my mom during Christmas. I don't want her to be at home. This would be her first Christmas without my father, so I'd like to be there on Christmas Day. But a lot of phone calls to recruits, you know, finishing off the staff, yeah. a lot of work remotely. But, you know, I'll, be, I'll probably be back here in town around January 4th or 5th, and it'll be, it'll be a sprint at that point. And uh, no, no time for a house. I just had to do that I like it. I like it, Coach. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Happy Great to getting be here. to know you. We'll talk more, I'm sure, throughout the season. You're going to get sick of me during football season. But uh, appreciate it. Craig Smith, the basketball coach, joins us next right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College.
Welcome back. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. And it is time to welcome in the head coach of the men's basketball team celebrating a birthday today as well. Coach, happy birthday. Hopefully uh, the family's spoiling you a bit. Hey, Scotty. Thank you. Yeah, uh, the family's been unbelievable. Actually, uh, my wife, Darcy, uh, Landon, our oldest son, and Lauren, our youngest of our four kids, actually had dinner for the first time for in like, geez, I don't know, probably three and a half, four weeks. We try to do it. I mean, your lifestyle, our lifestyle can be a little tricky at times, but this whole COVID and us being gone for six days is kind of throwing a wrench in. So that was like the best birthday um, gift possible. My two middle boys are in basketball practice, so it would have been uh, bedlam anyway if they were there. But well, it's been a great well, day. Thank you for all the well wishes to everybody with the texts and phone calls. It's been pretty awesome. What was uh, what, what was on the menu? What does a uh, Craig Smith birthday dinner look like? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> my wife was very kind. So I, I will say this. So before, and I think I told you this on one of the radio shows, I hadn't eaten at a, a restaurant or even gone through a drive-through for since basically the late September since we started practice. And so, you know, after COVID and going through that whole deal, and I was very fortunate, very, very mild symptoms. Um, so I hadn't left my house, um, what, in the last two weeks or so? I think I left my house one time, maybe twice. Twice I stepped out of the house. And um, um, once the day after the BYU game, I had to just drive around in my Jeep for like a little bit. But uh, not, I didn't see anybody. But uh, so today for lunch, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to, I probably shouldn't say this, but McDonald's. I just couldn't wait to have a Big Mac. I love Big Macs. And so it's really healthy. And, uh, but for dinner tonight, my, my um, wife knows I love this dish. It's, it's um, like baked chicken with rice. And then green beans on the side, and it was amazing. So just juicy, plump, tender. Oh, it's good stuff. There you go. Nice. All right, so uh, obviously, unfortunately, uh, no game tomorrow against Dixie State. Uh, I know that was a difficult call to make. Uh, and according to the press release, you guys are working towards hopefully putting a game together later in the week. I don't know what details you can share on that, but kind of give us a state on how things are looking this week. Yeah, I mean, it really wasn't our choice as a program. Um, sometimes your hands are tied with protocols and things that go with that and, and everything that goes with it. So, um, so our program has been uh, essentially shut down for a certain period of time. We hope to get back on the floor in the, in the next day or two. And um, we hope to have a game by the end of the week, you know, whether it's Friday or Saturday. I, I think we're in a really good spot with the – with a Division One school that's been very, very good over the last four or five years, uh, top two, top three in their league. Uh, they got a very good player that's an NBA prospect, uh, and I, I think that's going to happen. Um, our contract has been drawn up; we just got to get it signed by them. And, and uh, it's a matter—I think it's a matter of crossing the t's, dotting the i's, and crossing the t's. So I don't want to name names at, at this point, but I feel very confident we'll have a home game, um, um, hopefully on Friday. And so, you know, it won't give us a lot of time. It's just been – it's just one of those years, right? We have three games in three – you know, you practice for six weeks, three games in three days. Then we have eight or nine days off, play by BYU, play two games in four days. 
And now we probably want to have a practice for, you know, at a minimum eight days. So um, that's just part of the deal. It's a hard part. Basketball is a rhythm and timing game, as we all know. And um, But it is what it is. And we need to get reps. We need game reps. Uh, we need reps, period. Uh, we need to gain experience uh, and chemistry with one another. And so I know our guys are super excited to get back on there. Obviously, we've been doing some Zoom calls. And, and whatnot, so um, I know they're itching to get back out on the floor, and then we have conference play uh, if we play Friday, then we have conference play three days after that, Monday, December 21st, and Wednesday, December 23rd against San Jose. So do home. you, do you uh, and and I don't know what you can and, or cannot ask guys to do, but do you, do you try, I mean, can you allow these guys to get to a gym by themselves to get a workout in? How do you handle it when Guys have to be away from the program for a bit. Yeah, there's just all kinds of protocols. Certain guys can do certain things um, and get in the gym and work out, you know, individually and get shots up and run and condition. And uh, they can do things and and, and uh, get in the weight room. It's all obviously all voluntary. Um, and we have a bunch of, I mean, that's a huge priority for us is recruiting guys that love to play and our gym rat type of guys, the guys that, you know, if you took basketball away from them, um, you know, they'd be miserable, quite frankly. And uh, I think that's a really, I think that's a really important attribute to look for uh, when you're recruiting. So I know we have a lot of guys that have been in there doing what they, whatever they can do. There's just certain stipulations with the protocols as to what we can do, you know, as a program. And so, um, so we're juggling a lot of, a lot of pieces right now, but again, you know, we've been doing this for, I mean, what, nine, close to nine months now. So um, this is a little bit different from this respect. You know, I was just saying, I was talking to my wife today, and, you know, if we play Friday, that'll be three weeks since the last game I coached or was a part of, you know, and it's December 14th today. And it's just, it's just so bizarre and just kind of out there and something you never thought you'd say. Wow. Yeah, that's got to be a weird feeling. I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, back in the day as an assistant, you'd miss a game or two here for recruiting, but but missing games isn't something that uh, normally is part of the Craig Smith uh, DNA. Well, yeah, you. I mean, we missed two games, of course, and uh, and then just the way the schedule yeah. worked out, so three three weeks, which missed two games, but we've only played two games in three weeks. That's that's the other crazy part in the middle of December, you know, and. And certainly, from my perspective, I haven't been in practice for two weeks, and our guys haven't have the haven't been able to practice for eight days. But a lot of programs going through that, and uh, like I said, you just got to deal with it the best we can. We're hopefully we'll be able to get out there and play three games in five days, or six days, or whatever it is, and and hopefully gain some momentum going into um, Christmas break when we'll have another eight days before we play. <laughs> Do you worry a little bit about your guys? I guess we'll be having, used to it, huh? Yeah, exactly. Having that kind of a layoff and then jamming three games in six days? Uh, not necessarily, no. I mean, hopefully we'll get two to three good practices before we play and um, and then a couple of other, you know, good ones before the next game. But these guys are, you know, they just got, got to get game experience, got to get in those kinds of situations. Yeah. They always want to play games. Um, I do feel like they've been – you know, getting reps, getting shots, still getting, keeping their lungs going and all that kind of stuff. And, and um, you know, hopefully if it all goes right in terms of our players, and obviously this stuff can change so 
dramatically, but hopefully we can get everyone back and be ready to roll at the end of the week. Well, of course, uh, we, we're not quite sure who the game is later in the week, but we do know San Jose State coming up next week, so we'll talk a little bit more about the Spartans, what to expect as uh, league play begins with kind of a funky setup, and we'll talk to Coach about that as well. As we continue on, you're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show live here from Old Chicago on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show with the uh, birthday guy himself, Craig Smith, celebrating a birthday today, hanging out with family, and unfortunately has to hang out with me for one more segment here on the uh, Coaches Show. But uh, I appreciate you making some time out for us today here, Coach. Oh, are you kidding me? This is, like, like I said, it's <laughs> always a great day when you and I get to hang out. And I can't des- Lately, I can't decide if I feel like Al Bundy or Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. So this is a great change of pace. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so when you Just tell the truth, exactly when you uh, when you see that schedule get put together with the uh, and and we all understand, look, COVID is something we got to take really seriously and, and work around. Uh, but the uh, two games in individual cities, obviously, it's great when teams go to come here to uh, Logan. But sometimes you're going to have to go out on the road and spend a few days in the same city. What are your thoughts on this? You you you, you cool with the schedule? Well, I don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we've been, as coaches, we were on various uh, Zoom calls with the conference and sometimes just on our own, hashing this out. Do we play 18 games? You know, before all this happened, we were debating about playing 20 games anyway. And then, of course, we stayed with 18. And, and then just, you know, just how do you do it? Do you play in a bubble? Do you play in a mini bubble? And, and try to get 10 games in over the course of, you know, or whatever, eight to eight to 10 games in over the course of 20, 22 days, and then come back to campus. There's all kinds of things that were discussed. Uh, do we have a bubble and play our season in a bubble um, or a pod, I guess you could say? Uh, I'm not sure there's a way to make it a true bubble. And so I think at the end of the day, this is what a lot of leagues were doing. Um, and so that's what we did just to minimize travel, minimize being in airports, minimize being in hotels instead of having 10. You know, if you play the 20 game schedule instead of spending um, being on the road for 10 different games at 10 different times and you times that by two because most of the time you spend two nights, you're really cutting your everything kind of in half, so to speak. And so. Uh, it is what it is. There's no choice in it. Uh, you know, I was an NEI and Division II coach for quite a while, so I understand. You know, we used to always play Friday and Saturday, and then you go on the road the next weekend, Friday and Saturday, and then you have the – and a lot of times it becomes kind of like football where it's a huge event. You know, the basketball team home for back-to-back games. Then you don't see them for two weeks, so there's like a big buildup to, to the weekend. And obviously – um, I'm not sure it'll be totally like that just because of, you know, the limited crowd, uh, if any crowd, that you get. So it'll be different. I've seen some on Twitter over the last few days. I've seen, you know, how different games have been. I think I saw, I forget who it was, but somebody beat somebody by 18, and then I think they lost the next night. And then there was another game. Somebody beat somebody by 14 and beat them by two the next night. Yeah, I think it's gonna. I mean, it's tough to get sweeps when you're playing back to back against teams that are relatively even. So you deal with what you got. It will be different, um, but that's just how it goes. 
And again, just your opinion and only here. The other thing I was gonna oh, say, sorry. The other thing I was going to say, Scotty, is is this this season? There's just going to be a lot of inequities. Inequity. You know what I mean? There, you, you, some teams are going to get really lucky. Some teams are going to get really unlucky. With um, with the scheduling, please. Who do you get at home? Who do you have to go on the road to? Um, you're going to get really lucky maybe you might play somebody that is without their best player whether it's contact tracing or what have you and you're going to have nights where you don't have you know one or two of your key guys and so that's just how it is this year there's just going to be a lot of different inequities that go on and and you just have to be ready for that again just your opinion on this but in the future would you like a 20 game conference schedule knowing how difficult it is to schedule teams to come to logan and and some of the issues you have there i've really gone back and forth on that um initially i was about 18 i was all about 18 then i kind of flipped to 20 because you know that for last year's team scheduling was just a disaster i mean we just couldn't get anyone to play us and in in an ideal world uh, I think 18 is best um, from this standpoint. It, it's already very difficult to get quality non-conference games. And, you know, our first two years, if we don't win the conference tournament championship, we were in a perfect position to get that large. We, we definitely would have gotten that large two years ago. And I, I really believe we would have gotten it in that large last year just yeah. with all the things that went on. And so by having two more games, it allows you more flexibility to be able to find those games. And we all know, like, hardly anyone will ever come to Logan. So, you know, last year I think we led the country in neutral court victory. And is that ideal? Do we want to play all these neutral games? No, we want to play home and home. But it's hard to – you can't just force it down people's throats. So – um, you know, so I, I thought we had a really good schedule set up this year, playing Mississippi State. It would have been St. Mary's at home. Of course, BYU at home. Uh, and we were supposed to play in the Myrtle Beach um, MTE. And, uh, but all that went out the door, obviously. So by, by I know it sounds crazy, but just adding those two games gives you so much more flexibility because now you're not playing college or uh, conference games in December. And... Um, so I think it really helps setting up your schedule for uh, putting your team in a position, if you do well, to gain and, and or earn an at-large bid. San Jose State, so you start that schedule. You've got back-to-back games against San Jose State here in Logan. Uh, and uh, they've started out uh, one and two. They've got another game against Santa Clara coming up on Friday before they come here to Logan for those two games. Uh, kind of what we've seen out of Coach Prelo in the past, high up-tempo team. They like to get up and down the court. But from your perspective, what have you seen when you look at this team? And maybe it might be a little early in the week for you to breaking down them on film, but, but what do you expect out of this squad? Well, I actually watched them on Saturday. And so uh, I watched – so I, have, I haven't seen last night's game yet, but I did watch two, their first two games on Saturday, and they returned a really uh, talented – they returned their whole backcourt. Seneca Knight really went ballistic the second half of conference play last year yeah. and uh, was an all-conference guy. Uh, he had multiple games, uh, 30 or more points. Uh, I think the game before we played him at home, um, he exploded. I, I don't remember the exact number, but he was mid-30s. Uh, or higher at Colorado State. And then Richard Washington is really playing well. 
um, 6'5 lefty right now. He had 38 in the first game. Um, he can fill it up. Both those guys can really put the ball in the hole um, from all three levels. They shoot the three. They can drive it. Got good pull-up games. They get fouled. So they do a lot of different things for them. Um, so they're ta- they're very talented. You're right. They do like to get up and down the floor. They're athletic. Um, we're going to have to really guard the ball and uh, and keep them out of transition that way. And then defensively, they just kind of throw the kitchen sink at you. Um, they'll switch screens sometimes. They'll pressure and deny at times. Sometimes they sit back. They'll throw a lot of different things at you with screen and roll defense. And so, and they have good size. So, uh, got to play with great pace. Um, we've been pretty successful. Although last it was last year, it was a difficult game at their place. Yeah. Um, but we got to be on point. And a lot of things right now is, of course, you got to be ready for your opponent, no doubt. Uh, but we just got to keep doing what we do and get better. And I thought we made some good strides from. Um, from that tournament in, in um, South Dakota, and hopefully we can continue that. I remember uh, Jerry Sloan used to always have a comment where he'd be really nervous on All-Star break. And All-Star break back then was a lot shorter than it is now. But he used to always say, I was always nervous when these guys had come back into town because, you know, you can lose your edge and, and get out of shape pretty quickly if you just sit on a couch for three or four days. Are you a little nervous about where this team's going to be at when you when you bring them back into town? Or, well, they're already in town, but when you bring them back into the gym and start working them out again? Well, I, I mean... I not only we talked about not coaching a game for three weeks, I haven't been out of practice in two. So it's just like, I mean, I can't tell you the last two days. And, of course, you're having conversations with the guys over the phone, but it's just different. And, um, oh, man, I just cannot wait uh, to get back in there. And, yeah, you know what? I think coaches are paid to be paranoid no matter what. And no matter, it seems like no matter what it is, we want to keep this under wraps and do that. And it's like, you know what? Like, you got to do your best just to – you got to trust your guys, of course, but understand who they are, what their strengths and weaknesses are on on and off the floor. But like I said earlier, I think we got a hungry group that loves to play and loves to compete. And I fully expect us to hit the hit the the rubber's hitting the road tomorrow, whether whether they're ready or not. <laughs> I know we'll be ready. So uh, we're going to find out who's been taking care of business real real quick. Well, coach, we appreciate it. Have a happy birthday. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk later on in the week. Hey, did you see Sammy's first shot? You like that? That step the first back three. Shot he made? Oh, that was sweet, man. I, we were watching it live and recorded it and sent him a little, little, uh, little. Uh, sent him the clip with a little uh, commentary. It was great. So that was <laughs> well, fun you, to see. Uh, did you uh, to see him tonight? Did you see his interview afterwards? They, you know, they were uh, they were asking him whether, you know, hey, what kind of a moment was it for you? You know, the big moment. And I'm like, oh, I know I've thrown a lot of those softballs to Sam. I know how this is going to end. He's like, what? It's the fourth quarter in a preseason game. It's a three point shot. I made it. What's the big deal? <laughs> it's like, like, yep, there's Sam. In classic Sam fashion, right? <laughs> yep. Coach, you're the best. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Scotty. Go Aggies. There you go, Craig Smith, head coach of the Utah State Aggies, right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Coach, coach kind of teased it a little bit, but uh, just know that 
Uh, there most likely will be a game. I'm not sure who or when. I would say Thursday or Friday would probably be a day that you'd may want to circle there uh, here in the spectrum. But, again, uh, the details on that will be coming out. And then next week, you've got Utah State taking on San Jose State. Hey, big thanks to everyone who helped us out here at Old Chicago. This was a fun night tonight, introducing uh, a lot of people to the new head football coach, Blake Anderson. Uh, remember, the players will now go home for Christmas. They'll come back on January 18th, and that's when things will really kick off with conditioning and, and uh, weight training, getting ready for the upcoming season. And then, of course, the basketball game's coming up next week. Hey, it's coming fast and furious. And by the way, congratulations to the women's basketball team picking up a big win yesterday as well, I believe, against UTEP. So nice win for uh, Coach Ard and her team. Things are rolling, folks. And uh, again, we'll keep it rolling right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Big thanks to Austin Horton back in studio. For Ajay Salveson, I'm Scott Gerard. This has been your Utah State Coaches Show from Learfield IMG College.